Hi, this is Daniel Rue of the Real GM Radio Podcast, and I'm taking the Phoenix Suns over the LA Clippers in their Game 6 on Wednesday, if necessary. BetOnline has free odds and lines available online or on your mobile device. Visit BetOnline.net today. Winning comes in all shapes and sizes. Every day there's an opportunity for a win, just like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Every day grab-and-go, every day giftable, every day fun. It's where anticipation meets instant gratification. And they're satisfying to scratch, no matter the outcome. Like the new Virginia Lottery Scratcher Colossal Cash. It's loaded with $100 to $500 prizes. Now, that's an everyday win. Drive to the nearest Virginia Lottery retail location and pick up a Scratcher today. Odds of winning any prize, 1 in 3.21. That's how Mike was hitting people back in the day. They go in there. But the snake got busy too, though, right? Woo! The snake- Oh, he's breaking them down. He got down like this. On his back, curling on his back, breaking people's legs and stuff. Centipede. Don't get centipede now. He was faster than a mother. He hit me like 90 times. Like Master Ip. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another great episode of Hot Boxing. I'm Evan Britton. And I'm Mike Tyson. And Mike, we got a couple of OGs in Fucking here Fucking dynamic brother. duo. Well, Fucking hello. Fucking dynamic duo. We got the man corrupt. Hello. And we've got Daz in the hey, house. Fucking dog up? pound. The I mean, we, we, pound, is in baby. we is yeah. in here. We is in here. We is in here. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. I was just working out on the treadmill and I had the video on One Blood with Game and they were on there. They were, those two were talking shit. That's Love what that. we do. I was listening Bitch to Weekend Freakin' on the way in. Fucking gangsters replacing them, right? That kind of shit, right? <laughs> <laughs> you already know. Yeah, I'm looking at that. I was like, damn, dude, game know that? Because he would love to know that. Uncle Mike working out to some of that game mm-hmm. music. I like that when everybody's blazing, so different rappers all blazing, getting busy. I mean, why not? Not why. Yeah. yeah. I love that, too, though. That's the fun of it, though, Mike. You know, yeah. everybody getting together. Having a good time, making uh, some uh, great music like the symphony. Remember the symphony? Uh? Walk, yeah. Boom, 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 boom. Boom, 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 boom. Cool G rap was sick. Mm. Yeah. It's he's always a chain, good guy. Whatever happened to him? Which one? Cool G rap. Cool G rap. Oh, he's still rolling. Yeah. Uh, he's getting it together, man, but he's still, he's still in there, man. Can't count out a real one. Queens. Hello. He's one of the champs. So tell us, man, what's up with this rap business, man? Is it different now? Totally. Tell me, well, how Take us back to when you guys came in. How you guys oh, came in, and then what? And then let's lead into <laughs> how, what it's like these days. Uh, the difference, I think, you know, everybody has to earn it, no matter what it is. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? But with us, it was just different because the streets was connected to how we had to earn it. So it wasn't just about our talent. Well, how good we was, it was also about, you know, how solid we was as, you know, because we was kids. You know, Uncle Mike was around, man. Him and Suge, they used to just be rolling. We wanted to be like them. We just wanted to be the big boys. And, you know, we had to earn it, man. We had to earn it in a different way. Nowadays, you really don't got to earn it in that same fashion. You know, you could just make it. Pick up your phone and. Get it on your phone. Oh, yeah. You, mm. No, you can become a star in any way, shape, <laughs> or fashion. Me, you're from Philadelphia, right? Yes, sir. Mm. How did you get here? Who? How the fuck you from Philadelphia to California? L.A. at that. Yeah, but one thing, one thing back in the day Suge told us was all media, I mean, all press is good press. What do you say? Mm. Whether it's bad or good. I crashed my mama's car. And see, when I wrecked that car at 16, <clears throat> she chased me around the house with the broomstick. So, you know, I got tired of running. So I stopped, and she went to hit me, and I just took it and grabbed the broomstick, broke it on my knee. I said, Mom, what's wrong with you? And my mama said, you got to go. When I can't, when I can't, when, when I can't whoop your ass, you got to go. She don't even cuss. She's a Christian lady. Oh, God, God. She said, well, if I can't whoop your ass, you got to go. She called my father. He was in California. And then he was like, you want to come out here, Rick? And I was like, hell Yeah. Okay. He had the chicks. <laughs> he in California, man. Sunshiny day. That must have been amazing from Cal- from fucking Philadelphia to California. With wow. Rain and all the yeah. Cloudy Cold. all the time. Yeah. My mama crying. Everybody crying. I said, oh, don't cry. I'm never coming back. 
I got out there, man. I was like, bro. What happened? You saw all these girls with no clothes on. That drove me nuts, right? I was like, man, I'm in heaven. Not, and he moved to Hawthorne, and back then, Hawthorne was a very bomb city. It wasn't gang infested and all of that yet. And then, uh, you know, that's, that's what it was, man. Crashed my mama's car, and it changed my life. Isn't that crazy? Incredible. Yeah, no, it was ordained to happen, you know. Yeah. Crazy, right? Negative turned to a positivity. No, that wasn't negative. See? It wasn't negative. You heard my aunt. It wasn't negative, wasn't negative, right? There's no really there's really no such thing good and bad. Mm-hmm. It's just a perception. Got mm-hmm. you. Got you. Yeah. And that's that game. No, it is. Cuz we live like that, you know. You got a negative, you got the positive. People get caught in that box. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, and not realizing that everything right place, is right place everything's already wrote. Yeah, you know everything is written. You know we're not steering the ship. We believe we're steering the ship, but we're not. Right. We're not right. steering the ship because I'm too stupid. I would have never survived if it was up to me to steer my ship in life. I wouldn't survive. Right, 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 right. Neither would I. The universe just takes you, man. Yeah. Jazz, how about you? Hey, I live every day like it's my first day. Mm. You know, enjoy life and, you know, take care of my mother. You know, she got Alzheimer's dementia and stuff mm. like that. So, you know, from doing all that to doing this, you know, since somebody got to do it, you know, so now, I take it into my shit. Hand. I wish I could think like that. I wish my mind worked like that. Me too, man. You too, right? I'm not, I'm thinking about shit, nigga. It's close to me. I'm going to die soon. What's going to happen? Where am I going? Right. I know this Somebody going to give me some water. What am I doing? This energy is not going to go nowhere. Where am I going? (laughs) And what am I doing? Yeah. Why am I here? Yeah. What is my purpose? Well, I mean, but when you look at it, though, Unc, I mean, shit, we done done it all. What else is there to do? You know? Unimaginable things. You just can't imagine it. Exactly. Exactly. I was telling my kids the other day, like, look, you never know what's going to happen. If you knew that, you'd be God. The thing about it is, it's things that you can't explain. Like, you know, how does plants create oxygen? You'll never be able to understand. You can't even see oxygen. You can't even see it. And so, how How do we know it's there? How How do we know any of it? Because we're breathing it, right? Why is we going to another planet and we can't breathe? And you know, if you you think about this so much, because when you die, you ain't smoking. No, you'll blow your brains away. You know what I'm saying? I don't think I like that. Yeah. <laughs> right. I like smoking. I think smoking is a nasty. I think, I think you can get high without smoking, without using drugs. Well, you know what? Speaking of smoking. That's it. Isn't it good that we smoke on this show? Mm-hmm. Uncle Mike, I didn't even know you indulged. Really? Oh, Holy mackerel. Oh, oh, no, I've indulged. <laughs> No, no, back then I wasn't because that was fighting. Now. Was around when I was but what was fighting. the popular weed back then when you was growing up? Like Panamanian gold and all that shit. Yeah. That's right. what see my uncle. Red and all that shit. What, what, he, called uh, what yeah. he called it? He was smoking that shit. What was, yeah. what was, what was uh, Uncle Snoop talking about? He called it, uh, uh, yeah, y'all, y'all don't know about no real weed. We had the real weed when I was in Vietnam. No, like, this, <laughs> this the best weed they ever had in the history of the world. The gold, huh? This stuff right here in California, this is <laughs> better than Crondo, and that. And that's coming Kush from the Mundo. champ. And I'm pretty sure there ain't been nothing over, that he ain't I've never been all seen. over California the king of weed. Hello. <clears throat> Did you mm-hmm. hear it? Yeah. You heard it out the champs. Man. Look, if you ever look on black market for weed, whoa, that show you some red weed with white in them, white buds. Ooh, incredible, exotic weed that you never think exists. Black buds. You say, yeah, purple looks, looks like frosty. frosty. Yeah, yeah, until you smoke it. It's depending how they grow. Tell me about what happens when you smoke it. When you smoke it, you be like, this is straight up bullshit. Really? <laughs> Fucking right. What the fuck Pretty weed and all yeah. that shit. But then when you That'd come to California, yeah. you'll see the same kind of weed in California, though, and then when you smoke it, you still be coughing like I am. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Now, once you come to California, you know I'm not going back where I came from. You motherfucking right. But they that got weed laws in New York. Cali's the promised yeah, but land. Listen, listen, how you gonna, listen, how you going to deal with those people in New York that aggressive shit in your face every day? Now you got to get a charge <laughs> and go to prison? Who right wants to do that? Man. You know, what you going to do? Now you got to get a charge because you got to shave your right. man and your face. Now you got to go to prison. I don't want to be in fucking prison. I want to be in California where everybody loves everybody. And smoke weed yeah. and go to the beach. Exactly. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? And say, uh, Mr. Officer, you got a light? <laughs> no, really. No, no, but you understand what I'm saying, right? Hey, yeah. I don't deal that aggressive energy. That because that yeah, New York, New York is, is so aggressive. And, you know, it's it's amazing how... You set such an example that you can come from here. You can come from Catskill. You can come from 
all parts of Brooklyn. You can come from Staten Island. You can come from all these different islands because, you know, they say, like, New York is an island. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you can come from all these different places and you can win, but it's so aggressive and so much competition that you have to be a beast. I tell MCs all the time, when I'm rocking, nigga, I'm Mike. I eat your kids. You understand me? When I get on this mic, I'm going I'm gonna chew you to bits and pieces. I'm I'm just I'm gonna take your clavicle. Your clavicle is what I want. Because I ain't got a clavicle on my wall, so I want your clavicle. I'm gonna chew you to bits and pieces. You know, I get into that type of mode. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's afraid of me. They're afraid that when they come into the ring of the mic, they already lost because, you know, they already know I'm going to serve them. So, therefore, how could you win? But what do you think makes you feel that way? What makes you think that way? Where you got that thought from? The mic. One thing in Philly I learned was competition. Competition was about the mic. So, with the mic... I battled all the time. Mm. I was a kid. What was I like? Around what? 11, 12? Wow. And I'm serving 18-year-olds with all freestyles. So I grew up where you had to be spontaneous, and that's how you serve them. And you had to be slick. It's a Philly style. You got to be real slick with your words. So I had to perfect that. You know what I'm saying? <coughs> Some bomb-ass dope. Yeah. But I had to, I had to perfect that. Then when I got it perfected, it's like we was talking about, about the five deadly venoms. That's yeah. when I became lizard. Start popping niggas up top of their head, made their heart explode. Spelling on their shirts, their hats, the different letters and what they meant, and just getting creative. You know what I'm saying? You're old school, right there. You did it, yeah. So when you came out to Cali, yes, sir. What? Who were the first dudes you yeah, met? Yeah, how the fuck you got hooked up here? How, who were the first guys you, you met with? in Would high you, school? Yeah. I just started serving everybody. And then you got I a reputation. Then I got that reputation. Then mm. people from LA started coming to where I was at to Where'd you bring go to, know, to bring me to you know be a part of their squads. Uh-huh. I think it was Eldrin first, and it was Broomy, my uh, big brother from the neighborhood. And then uh, after that, I was at Death Row because I met Snoopy at the Roxy. Mm. Excuse me, right there on Hollywood and Sunset. I mean, on Sunset in Hollywood. Sunset. Right, right, right. Across from the Rainbow Room, and that's where we all, you know, got down in a battle. And Beefy the only Loke. one that can make it with me was Dog. He Beefy Loke was beatboxing. Yeah, Beefy Loke beatboxing. So it was, it was real. This is our community, Long Beach, and I came with Los Angeles. So you got Long Beach and Los Angeles in one place. Los Angeles, this is corrupt. Long Beach, it was it was uh, Domino first. Me and Domino got down. Domino wasn't playing either. But then it went it progressed to Snoop. So, you know, they represent Long Beach. I'm representing L.A., and we got to battling. And through the battle, we created a bond. We created a friendship because mm. we respected each other's skills. So instead of ending where it was like who won, me and Snoop started rapping together out of the battle. You know what I'm saying? And just, you know, Snoop was like, look, if you make it first, you come get me. This is that. And whoop, the whap. And I was like, you know what? And if you make it first, then you come get me. Whoop, the whap, the whoop, the whap. And we started rapping together. And then Snoop made it. And he stuck to his, his word. And he found corrupt. My uh, sis Diamond was out at the Dr. Dre party. She got a loud mouth. Oh, boy, did she. That's what started the battle in the first place, Diamond. What's she say? Motherfucking about that. Can't serve my motherfucking homeboy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, y'all from Long Beach, huh? Oh, okay, okay. I see y'all. I see y'all. She's but loud. you can't serve my homeboy corrupt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, spot up, right? Um, you know, oh, how did you get that name, corrupt? Oh, that's crazy. It's when I came name. from Philly, my name was K Rock. Ah. So you know, I wasn't up on the Crip and Blood thing. And I met some uh, folks from Inglewood, uh, namely Menace. I mean, a uh, mental, mental, you know what I'm saying, and, uh, from IVC. And mental was just like, uh, you know, I got this thing for this group, uh, Chaos, Corrupt, mm. and Chainsaw. I'm going to be Chaos. Chainsaw's our DJ because he's scratching, he's cutting it up. You're going to be Corrupt. I said, okay, cool, but I got to spell it with a K. He said, I don't give a fuck how you spell it, but you Corrupt. <laughs> As long as it ain't a CK in there like your old name, K-Rock. You know, we can't have that. I was like, oh, okay, well, shit, I ain't get fucked up. <laughs> I spelt it my way because, you know, he, I, I wasn't gangbanging at the time. You know, I was, I was a kid, man, fresh from Philly. 
know what I'm saying? It'd be 100 degrees outside, and I got on the goose down jacket. <laughs> Sucks, man. <laughs> Wait, man, I couldn't believe it. when I first came out here, I was just so wide open and shit. In Cali? Yeah, I was like, fuck, this is heaven. Yeah, it's paradise. I made it. Yeah, I made it. No more fucking Brooklyn for me. No more crazy motherfucking shootings for me. That's the wow. thing, man. I made it, man. Like, my mama asked me, you want to go live with your dad? And I'm thinking to myself, like, Ma, why would you ask a question you already know the answer to? Yeah. Of course I want to. It's California. Every time I'm out there, I feel like I'm the best. I feel like I'm the champ. Yeah. I feel like this is beautiful, man, compared to where I was in Philly. Mm. On the grind looking at you, staring you. <laughs> oh, yeah. you up. Oh, it's, it's oh, dirty yeah. up there, huh? Yeah. Dirty. Yeah. Philly's like, York. no, you got Filthy, New York, man. and then you got Jersey, and then there's Philly, mm. and then so on and so on. But Philly, man, oh, my God, you know, it was no joke being out there because – you know, you got to walk to school, walk around, and all these people. One thing they like to do is fight. So, you know, you you walk up the street, somebody just be walking by, they just look at you and they just sock you. Bang. <laughs> you got to fight. It was like that. So you had to be careful all the time. But, you know, Aunt California was the same way. Yeah. Because, you know, being in the streets, if not even more, because – I remember a little boy, he had to be like, I was like 18. This kid had to be like, what, 13 years old? Rode up on me and told me to take off my shoes. You want to take your shoes? He said, take off my shoes. Because <laughs> I had the all blue Nike things. And he, this little boy was 13 years old. And he was, you know, banging. He was from, you know, he was the blood. And he just rode up. Like, man, you got to take off your shoes. I ain't never had that happen to me before. I came here at 16. That's like, what, three years? I ain't started gangbanging. I never, I ain't, I ain't went when to I the hood school, yet. someone tried to take my school, my, my sneakers in the school hallway, in the stairway and stuff. Right. And I was scared, so I took off my shoes. He tried to put my, my feet were too big for him. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't take my shoes, it was too big. It, he gave them back? He gave yeah. them back? Oh, wow. Oh, you keep these motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> you so, so lucky, man. They're brand new. You're so fucking lucky. Ooh, See, lucky. That's, the, that's the beginning. Lucky hey, that, hey, that's the beginning <laughs> of jacking. That's, <laughs> jacking. that's called jacking. He just wanted me to take off my shoes. He didn't even want to take my shoes. They was blue. Because they were like, blue. like, you got to take them off. I said, man, you must be crazy, little boy. I'm waiting for my nephew to come out. And then he said, what? I'm going to go to my house, get my gun, come back and shoot you. As he told you? Yeah. And I'm like, little boy, get out of here. Inside, though, I'm like, as soon as my nephew come out, run. Because this kid ain't playing. He's not playing. Talk about going to his house, grab a gun. Come. I believed him. I grabbed my nephew. I said, come on, we're going to play a game. Let's see who can get to the house the fastest. <laughs> come on now. Catch up now. Catch up. Got to get out of here, man. I, was, I ain't know nothing about gangbanging. I'd probably be dead. I'd probably be dead if I was gangbanging at that time. Because I'd have got offended. And probably you know, try in New to take York off. and stuff, and the East Coast is different. It's not gangs like crews. Right. They're gangs. Posses. Yeah, right. but they're still gangs. Right. You know what I mean? AKA. They're still gangs. But they're easier to get into than gangs. Mm. Right. You know what I mean? So that's how you can easily get a turncoat. They're mm. easier to get into gangs. Mm. You know what I mean? Right, 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 right. But it's what, different though. What's the difference? We, we go like this instead of like the blood. Oh, those them niggas from up there on on, on, on Chauncey Street mm. or down here on Rutland Road. You know, there's no. There's just niggas from Rutland Road or this or that. There's no you know? names. No, or that crew from Rutland Road. Streets. Yeah, the streets more. Than them niggas from that street. Street, niggas from street, that street. That street. Yeah. 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 I mean, just all. Hey, Man, good luck is the word of the day. Boy, it's, it's hard to survive. Ooh, yeah, right. And uh, how to survive in the South? The Central. East Coast is hard to survive in the West, the South. Everybody has their own little woo wop. Yeah, and it's hard to survive. Everybody had to go through something. And the only, the only thing, this is how you know you're in the wrong neighborhood when they don't know you. That's it. This is when you know you're in the wrong neighborhood. When they don't know you, you're in the wrong neighborhood. That's it. And when they get to looking. Yeah, when they don't know you, you don't know you're in the fucking wrong neighborhood, nigga. And you better get. We got the Super Bowl coming up, buddy. Okay, the Super Bowl is what, the second? Uh, yeah, February 2nd. Yes, the second. Chiefs, Kansas City Chiefs yeah. versus the San Francisco 49ers. Big game. Oh, Chiefs are going to kick ass. You think? Yeah. Mahomes all the Mahomes way. Mahomes is badass. Yeah, Mahomes is a badass. Absolutely. I mean, it's going to be an incredible game. 49ers have a great defense. Mahomes is one of the greatest to ever do it. 
Andy Reid, the Kansas City Chiefs head coach, he's due for a Super Bowl win. I mean, I don't know about you. I'm probably. I think I'm putting my money on the 49ers, though. <laughs> Listen, right? Um, check this out. When I was in prison, right, for mm. three years, um, that's when the 49ers, from like what 92 to 95, that's when they kicked ass. Yeah. And then I remember Joe Montana got hurt, and then they put in Steve Young, and Steve Young, ah, he's a monster. And I'm really not that much of a football player, but the, I remember those two from yesterday. They remind, I remember, yeah. they remind me of my time in prison. Wow. I was such a 49ers fan. Were you really? <sighs> yeah, those guys were amazing. From this, 92 to 95, that time, wow. Amazing. Hey, this guy, Ronnie Lott. I remember, I know Ronnie he Lott. He cut his finger off yeah, I know. to play in the Super Bowl. Well, how did, how did that happen? Well, it was so badly broken. They oh, said, yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember. Ronnie, uh, we're going to have to do surgery on that thing to fix it, and you're going to miss the Super Bowl. And he said, well, I'm not missing the Super Bowl. What are my options? They said, well, we could remove the finger. He said, let's do it. So he cut that. his finger off to go play in the Super Bowl. Is that some shit or what, dude? No, listen, um, <laughs> listen um, it must have happened to them. must have happened to you. I don't know. Who are these people? They must have met somebody like I met Cousin, and whatever he taught me became my life. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's true, man. That becomes our destiny. No matter what. You gotta be you gotta be there. You gotta show up. You gotta be on the field. You gotta be in the fight. Yeah. My whole life, my only thing I stayed in the world's greatest fighter. Yeah. My whole life the world's greatest fighter. At all As costs. Kid, the world's greatest fighter. I'm the world's greatest fighter. My name is Mike Tyson, I'm the world's greatest fighter. Mm. I had to say that in the mirror. My name is Mike Tyson. I'm the world's greatest fighter. Wow. Well, speaking of that, speaking yeah. of being the greatest fighter the world has ever seen, we've got an incredible fight coming up in February. Yeah, 22nd. Wilder, Wilder versus Fury, your namesake, Tyson yes. Fury. Yes, Tyson Fury. Had him on the pod. Yes. You can't go against your namesake. Never will. I don't know the odds, but that's an incredible fight. I, I'm looking forward to being there. I want to be there. Yeah. Uh, are you a gambler? Not no more. No. You used to. Yeah. How? What is the biggest bet you ever made? Well, Teddy, told, Teddy saw me do 60. You lost 60 that yeah, day. Yeah, I don't even remember that. He remembered that shit. <laughs> he lost 30. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you could probably make those bets at Bet Online. How about this, dude? How do you feel about this? Is this... It almost seems like sacrilege, but you've got these guys, these YouTube stars, Jake Paul and Ali Essen Gibb are fighting in a boxing match. Well, oh, man, I want to be there. I want to see it. Really? Show. Yeah. It's ridiculous. No, that's dude. why I want to be there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's insane. These dudes are stepping in the ring. You know who else? Oh. Our dude, Omarion. Omarion. Omarion and Lil Fizz are in a possible celebrity boxing match. Oh, yeah, because they're a girlfriend. They be, that's oh. Listen, his ex-girlfriend, his baby mama ain't sleeping with Lil Fizz. That's just all, <laughs> this is publicity. That's all pub? Yeah, I ain't no, listen, man, she ain't no seem like no dirty bitch like that. I don't know, I could be wrong, but I don't think. I what do you think of, oh, I think he could fight. I love O. O's yeah, I love him, too. Brother. Yeah, he's the man. I don't even want to see him fight nobody. He has a good spirit, good, nice guy. I know. You can't imagine him in the I ring. I saw him at the airport when I came back from, um, wherever I came back from. I saw him in the airport. You did? Yeah. He's beautiful, man. Well, all the best to him. So, look, guys. You can bet on all this shit. You could gamble on literally anything, any competition happening. Just head over and visit our good friends and exclusive partner at Podcast One, Bet Online, to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and make sure to use that promo code Podcast One for your fifty percent sign up bonus. All right. Once again, visit Bet Online and don't forget the uh, the promo code. Okay, Podcast One for your fifty percent sign up bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook expert. Mike, isn't CBD such an amazing compound? It's amazing that we have access to this medicine now. I mean, athletes like you and me, we beat the hell out of our bodies. I agree. We suffered a lot of injuries. I had a shoulder injury. Every joint in my body hurts. But thanks to CBD, you know, I can live 
a, a life of high quality. I agree 100. percent You know, I'm just such a fan of CBD. I think um, within 100 years, we all it'll be in our DNA. I think you're right. You know, I think CBD it's just amazing. It's a wonder, wonder miracle. I won't say a drug, but just a medicine. Yep, yep. It's awesome. Enter Omax Health. If you're looking to get rid of nagging muscle and joint pain immediately while providing long-lasting recovery, then you need to try the natural breakthrough pain relief solution. CryoFreeze CBD roll-on developed by Omax Health. Yeah, Omax Health is offering my listeners 20% off of the full bottle of the CryoFreeze CBD pain relief roll-on plus free shipping. I've been using it after my workouts and I gotta say it's taken all the aches and pains away. You know, I like to lift weights still, Mike, and you know, that can be tough on my joints, but I use this CryoFreeze CBD pain relief roll-on and man, I got to tell you, it takes the pain right away. Man, listen, man. I believe in the weightlifting too. I believe weightlifting um, leads to longer life. Yeah. You know. And I yeah. just say, man, listen. I just go to the omaxhealth.com today and enter the code Tyson, and pff, it's heaven. That's awesome. This discount also applies toward any product site wide, and Omax Health carries great supplements: fish oil, probiotics, cognitive boosters, everything you need. So head over to omaxhealth.com, that's O-M-A-X health.com, and enter code TYSON to get 20% off cryo-freeze and everything else on their site. Just go to omaxhealth.com today and enter code TYSON. In New York, they will strip you butt naked of all your clothes and leave you in the middle of the street. Take everything. It was strippy butt naked. Beat you unconscious. I mean butt naked, though. Really huh? butt naked, man. East no, I'm Coast, serious. Y'all was really like, uh, the thing about the East Coast, you know, and they me being from Philly. Stuff. Yeah. Y'all was wicked, man. If they want to hurt you, man, they going to hurt you in, in a way. Like, it's almost like, you know what? I ain't going to kill you, but I'm going to degrade you of everything you are. You'll yeah, be a walking zombie because you, you, you'll always be known for getting beat up. Stripped down, jacket taken, yeah, shirt being taken, disrespectful. all of that shit, man. Drugs and they, you're still alive. And then, like in New York, they give you that buck fifty. They're gonna slice you, yeah. This is Skip dirty it. Kid people. See, they slice you to get it. Say, hey, he's the got the marker. You walk yeah. around like girls the girls slice you too. Everybody, it's <laughs> hey, crazy out there, right? What you the walk, you walk down the street on? like that lady that had the S on her motherfucking chest because she was a scarlet. She had yeah. the scarlet letter. Yeah, scarlet letter. That's what it is. When that they give you that movie. buck fifty. That's that scarlet letter. You walk around forever with that mark as a reminder of what happens to anybody like you. So either you got into a real squabble and they got you, and he's a real one, then he earned it. See, now in New York, there's a lot of gangs now. Yeah, they adapted the West Coast. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just Big shoot time. to kill. Big time. <laughs> <laughs> I never, boom, boom. I never thought that would happen like that. I never thought that, you know, cause before the East Coast, the, before the East Coast, East Coast used to say this was corny, gangbanging was corny. Man, right. that's now, what they said. That's what they said. It was like, man, too. man, them niggas gangbanging? <laughs> they said this is corny, man. man. They, they would ask me, they'd be they like, said they ain't getting money they'd be like, like gangbanging. They'd Rick, you, you gangbanging? I mean, why would you do that? I mean, that's, that's what they say. That's corny, man. It's like, you know, I wish a nigga would try and get mad at me because of a color. I wear all colors, man. That shit. Yeah, the same thing. They say, they say. Now you go to New York, you better not wear red or blue, Man, stupid for that, man. That shit is stupid. they come out here in the West and they say, uh. Now they gangbang. Show me your ID. Oh, we gonna blow your motherfucking ass off you. Don't know what to say. Do you guys feel like music was your way through all that? I was rapping since I was eight. I always wanted to be an MC. My uh, cousin Skippy G in Philly from Germantown. I wanted to be like him first. Then after him, I wanted to be like Rakim. Mm. After Rakim, I developed my own style. And the art was my major influence. So I would emulate him, imitate him. And then now, I mean, and then I got my own style of flow. And bring it to all your own style. Right. And that's what it's about because yeah. we all have inspirations. We use pieces of a game or they, they uh, you know, craftsmanships and things like that. We add it to ourselves and become the best we can be because even yeah. they had people they took styles from. So that's tell me, how do you survive that? How do you survive the East Coast, West Coast shit? 
Uh, it wasn't easy because it's a whole different lifestyle. But once I moved, how in my, when you went there? Know. When you came, this is what I wanted to ask you a long time ago. Mm-hmm. How long how, ago? Back when this shit was happening. You, you know, guys known each other a really yeah, long time. Yeah. Oh man, Uncle. And there when we kind of, was kids, but man. Listen, how do you feel coming from Philadelphia, right? Mm-hmm. And then you in, in West Coast, and all of a sudden you in all this shit. How this shit? How, how the fuck? Now I'm fighting these niggas from over here. Now what's this about? Well, by that time, I was already, you know. I was already gangbanging by that time, yeah. so really didn't, didn't matter. matter you at in, all. You all. This is where that. I'm at. I I it's kind of like transformations. It's like transition, transitioning. You know, you you're here. You have pieces of that game. It's just like I was saying about styles. You know, you got pieces of this life, but there's a time where where you at. You know, uh, it ain't where you are from. It's where you at, mm. and you got to adapt. Then I met people that you know I really gave a fuck about so one of them got hurt i felt connected to it and i'm living in the 60s so it's like you know this is where i'm at so this is what i'm going to represent this is what it is so then when i did get with death row and everything cracked i was already laced with the art of war and the fact that it is what it is i'm from philly but see remember mike there was no east coast west coast war there right. was just uh, individuals who had issues in their teams, but the East and the West, they Everybody they joined got in. Yeah. They got involved. You know what I'm saying? Like we, you know, these people represented the East. We represented the West. I thought and that that's was what amazing made that, that. time in life. What was the beginning of that rivalry? Was it Tupac and Biggie? I don't when Def, when Death Row was born, that's when. Uh. Because they sort of set up, uh, they drew a line in the sand. But remember, there was no East Coast, West Coast. Right. It was just war upon individuals. Mm. Dr. Dre had the issue with Easy. Suge already knew the people he was upset with. And then as time progressed, however, Suge and Puffy clashed. Once fucking Pac got on the scene, it was over. Oh, it was over then. Oh, forget it. Pac took what the East Coast was. Yeah, he, he took, took what the wars was. Yeah. But the media made that up as far as the East Coast, right. West Coast, and everybody That's where was it came from the it. media. Right. But we know, like I said, even Pac's thing, man, Pac had a problem with an individual. He had a problem with, with Biggie. From there, the East Coast got behind Biggie. The West Coast got behind Pac. Same synopsis. You know, to, to tell you the truth, the first real smash was New York, New York. Corrupt. Yeah, I remember that. I remember yeah. that. Remember you came to yeah. New York, you kicked yeah. the buildings open and well, shit. I, that, that was the set off of all of everything. <laughs> Bang, pow, boom. Oh, man, it's crazy. I remember people the on the radio. People on the radio. So y'all let these New niggas York. come to New York and that, do that. You that know what I'm hearing that? Was that Biggie and them? That, that was Biggie to tell them they right there on Times Square. They right there. They big, go get them. Biggie said that? He ain't say go get them, Dad. Man, point blank. <laughs> Come on, cuz. <laughs> he, he, ba- he basically said like this because it was in the car. We was, motherfuckers was like, man, listen, Biggie's on the radio. Basically, he was like, look, you know, I ain't saying to do nothing to nobody, but, uh, you know, we couldn't shoot a video like this in the West Coast, you know. I'm just saying, you know what just I'm saying? Just because you pour syrup on shit don't make it pancake. I said, yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> make see, sticky stuff. It just shows you your power, though, you know, and I don't even think back then none of us knew our power. Biggie didn't. Uh, we didn't know our power. Nobody That's knew their power. You remember, Mike, because we was kids. Yeah. You and Suge, y'all was grown, and Dr. Dre and all that. And every time y'all was Wild having parties. fun, oh, Good man, parties. we was like, man, we got to be there, but we got to sneak in with Snoop. <laughs> Cause Snoop always going to get, he's always going to get invited. So yeah. we got to sneak in Tell there. Tell I had fun in Death Row. It was a lot of fun, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, boy, it was. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of good parties. Yeah. From a human perspective, you know, how did you be, how do you deal with stuff like that? All in your face, you look at the, the fucking videos, and then you go out in the streets, you go back home, and the people say, what the fuck, you must be fucking God. <laughs> and they were showing all those I mean, videos I'm laughing, you had, though. No, serious. How did, what's, what, 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 what perspective do you have on that? That people look at you and say, whoa, you're a fucking star. You got to be humble. And you got to, you know, whatever they say to you. How do you stay humble? How does that happen? You're born with it. That's why you see so many arrogant, you know, people out there. They were born with it. 
They can never be humble. Like born that. assholes. They're born assholes. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm a strong believer that fucking pe- parents. I'm a strong believer that people, especially human beings, are born to be humbled until they get humbled. Yeah, I don't know, you gotta be humble till you get humble. Yeah, you gotta yeah, be humble. Now things. that comes from a discipline, yeah. an ass whooping. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. 100%. But you know, there's you things we have to be humble. Motherfuckers, there's disciplines in life. We all gonna have to be disciplined in life because yeah, without discipline, correct. you won't survive in life. You know, yeah. you know, but there's things that make you the person that you are. So, you know, like I say, you're born humble. That's just one look at the game. Truthful. I think you poverty, know, poverty made me the person that I am. Right. See, you know, yes there's no, others. You know bad from good. You know. Yeah, no doubt about that. You know yeah. what I mean? You can yeah. feel it. Mm-hmm. But when we, what happens when you know it and you just can't stop by and just keep doing Karma's it? Karma's going to come get you. Karma's yeah. going to come get you. Karma is something you can't beat. Like if you do something that's so bad to somebody and you walk around the house and you might hit your motherfucking toe on the fucking couch. Broken. So you tell yourself, if I do something like that, say, hey, slow down, Daz. Slow your ass. You know what I mean? You're on fire right now. That'll slow me down. Douse the fire. Douse the fire. Douse the fire. Because, you know, we all go through things. I mean, we've all been arrogant at one point of our life. I know when we we was at, when we was growing up, you know, there was nothing nobody could tell us. That's the first part of being arrogant because you know it all and you're flamboyant about everything. You're just arrogant. You're disrespectful. You're rude. You're all of the above. Once you get your ass whooped from being arrogant, you might become humble because you can learn it through an ass whooping too to be humble. I'll tell you that much. Well, how come, what happens when you get when you get the fame at a young age and you got so much power no one's going to step to you and kick your ass? How are you going to get humbled? Then, you said, then it no, comes to God. God, and that's you know, the key, because God places people around you to teach you humility. Or Those people didn't snatched. just come in your life that was a part of teaching you humility on a whim. That was God. I didn't think God could humble you by just giving you a fucking cold. Oh, hell no. You know? But he can humble you he by putting humble. the right people around you. Yeah. But he can humble you by taking what you got and having oh, you with quick. nothing. And then you feel like, I have to be humble to get back to where I'm I at. I don't know about that. You know, in my experience, it's my experience in life, you mm-hmm. know. Some people need their ego disconnected. You could take all that money. Their ego strokes them and keeps them alive. I'm a firm believer of that, too. You know? But that's what he mean by, you know, he can humble you by stripping you of your shit. So even... Different things in your life that you, yeah. you know what Even saying? though you've this, been humble, that. right? Then there's that time where you kind of change and you upset, you mad, you this... Hey, he don't give humility isn't just in success. Humility is also with your life. Humility is also with the ways you eat. Humility is also with all these forms of your life. Because, you know, you gotta humble yourself to something. When you eat and you become an ogre with it, you see what can happen. And God Yeah, God, He puts the right people around you. But you gotta see the sign. You have to notice it. It ain't like he tells it to you or write it on paper. These are signs. You see those signs, and <laughs> it tells how do you, you know which the direction no, I'm to feeling go. you, though, but how do you know the signs? What's your perspective on the signs? How you're do you fucking, dissect them? I mean, me personally. Your senses got to know mean, bullshit your, from your, good your, shit. Your instinct, yeah. your senses, the way you, you know, how you look at things. Because the sign, if you're looking, you'll notice it. You don't know why, how this is the sign. Snoopy was a sign. You know what I'm saying? When somebody tells you out the blue that you don't even know from Adam that, hey, man, you know, if, if I win, I'm going to come get you. I mean, what is that? You don't believe right. that. But with Dog, from day one, I believed him. He, he was humble. That was a sign. Now, I could have been like a lot of these funny niggas and just been like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever. Okay, yeah, boop, and just go live my life. Like, grab your CD and, and then no throw the rest of the motherfucker out the window. <laughs> you know hey, hey, how you doing? Hey, get the shit out of here. But the sign was <laughs> the way he talked to me, his humility. And from that, that's what I wanted to be like. You see what I'm saying? I wanted to be like him. I'm going to be corrupt. But I, yeah. that humility he had in, in his... The, his swag I mean it was just everything the confidence and I didn't have that part uh, I could rock the mic but I didn't have that part and that was the beginning of growing to become a man and that was the sign you're never too humble to learn 
Right. Never too old to learn, never too young. You know what I mean? I learn from the youngest to the oldest and for myself. Still, you know. So what do you think when it's all over, what do you what do you want it to be? History. Yeah. You know? Historically. I mean, we've already made history through the death row era. Yeah. We're a part of that history. But then, you know, you gotta make history for yourself. Cause me, I'm 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 so on fire with this mic and you know, I just want to be back in that game. And it's nothing to be back in there. Just got to stick to who you are and what it is. Daz, he's so on the same page, and so is Snoop. You know, and at our age, dealing with a young community, you know, one of the things I learned from Snoop was, you know, and when in Rome, you do as the Romans. It's all music, so it's, it's not lower for us to learn something off of the youth. We learn the we music, was the the youth music the they love. Yeah, exactly. They, they couldn't understand us. Same thing with... <clears throat> Treacherous Three and the Furious Five and Run DMC and you know what I mean? That's how we was looking at, you know what I'm saying? They was looking they probably was listening to our music like this trash shit they talking about cussing every motherfucking minute. You that's know what not, I mean? That's not art. That's not art. But then we all became friends. We had to earn it though. I tell you this much. You had to earn it. Cheap cheap we yeah, <laughs> so let's let's go to number seven. Let's, let's let's go somewhere. Check this out. How do you feel about death? What do you think about death? Man, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, tell me about that. You know, what I'm saying, death is a form of fear. Really? Yeah, because it's something you can't avoid. So why think about it? The bottom line is the fear of death, the fear of loss, fears. That you can't you can't exist living off of fears. I know I'm gonna die. One thing I know about it though, as long as I'm alive, I'm gonna get the most out of it. How so do you I think can't about think getting about the most death. out of life. Oh, but just spending time with your family, like you know, your children, if you have mm-hmm. children, or Creative. people that creatively can inspire you and doing everything that you wanna do. As long as it's legal and it's not stupid and be respectful. Once you got those things, of course, it goes back to humility. You'll find yourself elevating while everybody else is crashing. They just crash. You just watching them crash as you stick to that formula. Humility, respect, confidence, family, friends. Sometimes you got to get away from the game and see... You know, people that, that ain't even from the game. You know, they just they're family. You go there. Daz goes to his cousin's house, goes over there and posts, and he's in heaven. Then there's the time when he gets inspired. He wants to go work. So, you know, that that is the key. Or I could go say, hey, I'm going to go to the country. So it's so much to do. No, no. How can you think about death? Well, I don't know. I think how do you not think about death? Because I think life if you're is surrounded so, I think, by it I so think much. life is – you are surrounded by it. You, I yeah. think your birth is your death, and your death is your birth. You're absolutely correct. You know, um, but the understanding of it is just the dissecting of it, of its existence, the reason of it is just pretty interesting. Am I making myself clear? Yeah. You think, Evan? Yeah. yeah, you are. I mean, it's very interesting because after death is the key. Where do you go? So once you open the subject of death, you think about there's so much to think about. So I think much, it's about you know? where you want to go. Yeah, where do you want to go? And that entunes your actions on earth. Like my auntie said, you're going to the ball, aren't you? <laughs> what do you think about it, Evan? I don't think you remember your birth or your death, do you? I don't think so. You don't, I don't, I don't remember so. my birth. You can't. Well, we're a species with amnesia. Now, if you know you're finna get shot, you finna remember it. We come into our consciousness. <laughs> you know? And I have a theory that when we're little... We don't remember when we're really little because we're still plugged into everything. We're still plugged into the universe and we haven't had that awakening of individuality yet. And so for me, my earliest memory I can remember, I'm about two and a half at the hospital with my mom. She's getting ready to give birth to my brother. And uh, that was really my earliest memory that I can think of. And I think about, you know, because we've talked about this a lot, you know, we, and, and it's interesting 
one of our previous conversations talking about how when we develop in the womb and we're in this because we're living in fluid, we're living in a water, a liquid environment. How do you know that? Did, 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 uh, how do you know that? I only know that. No, I was just repeating. Them. No, no, no. <laughs> you're like, right. How do you know that? You're right. I mean, right. The o- you're right. Yeah. It's very interesting. The only reason I know that is because I witnessed my wife develop our baby daughter in her belly for nine months and watched her give birth. You and know? that's and my so, key right there because we learn things because we were told. The key is who told us? A person who experienced seeing that. Oh, you know what I experienced seeing this. But how do we know coming out of the womb? I mean that the that process coming out. Yeah, I mean who knows? What like, state are we in? Might while be, we in the womb? We might be thinking we're getting ready for death. Yeah, you know when you when it's time to be birthed into sleep. this world. I mean, I don't. I, yeah, I don't that think you're thinking what that. that what, sleep? what is that state of sleep? That's what we're talking about. The state of that sleep. Right. It's called being nurtured. And it ain't about it's what they see. It's about what they feeling. You, you know out. what I'm saying? Because a baby is, uh, you know, the person that's holding them, feeding them. He, think, you know, he ain't he damn near sleep all the time. I mean, you can describe the state as a form of, of a coma. You're in a form of a coma. Because yeah, what, what, what is a coma? You, you basically, you're gone, but you're here. They're here, but they're gone mentally. They don't have no mind to think until they get popped you know? on their ass. You have to even know that, that that's um that's I don't a think, hypothesis. That's I don't not think true. Anybody knows. You're right. Exactly. Everything you is can't, just a theory. Because everybody's a hypothesis. A, it's all a theory. Everybody and else knows. And you just knows. gotta choose what theory do I believe is true. So here's where your instinct comes in. Here's where your feeling comes in. We judge it we judge everything from our, our feeling and our knowledge. Those two will create your instinct because you know I can't walk down this block. This this is going to happen more you know them than if I walk down right this there. block and go all the way around. <laughs> what happened to the nigga that said, fuck them niggas. I'm going, them niggas ain't doing nothing. What happened to that guy? He's gone. <laughs> oh, he got killed 30 minutes ago. You know, yeah. Right. Oh, they're going to be gone. Because he thought. In time. Because. He thought. Yeah. See, sometimes you need to he go gone. off your first instinct. Then going off to your second motherfucking right. Because when you're driving sometime and you're like, Wait, fuck, he's in the way. And you get no, on I this side. No, I stay on first instincts. Eh? And then when you get on this side, uh, this this traffic right here stops and you got to get back into that same lane. It's just, you know what I'm saying? I always go off my first thought. So well, I we have instincts ass, from, from before we had civilization. We had instincts. We were out living in the wilderness. We had right. to have instincts about survival. Where to get food, how to find food, how to pick the right plants, how to avoid animals, how to avoid the saber tooth. So what do you tigers. think? You think our first food with each other? Fruits and probably beers, not. Seasons. I don't think I mean cannibalism was probably around, but I feel like that You tell me before Christ you don't think it was no cannibalism? Oh, I think there was. I think there was. Between tribes and familiar. Between, you know, families <laughs> between Groups, whatever it was, whatever that, you know, that community was. But I think that that wasn't a sustainable form of food. I mean, when you look at for early back man. in the days, you know, the old pigeons and stuff, they had turkeys and chicken. And, you know, if all that shit is still here now, it was back then, then too. You know what I'm saying? It yeah. just it looked a little bit more ageable. Even these these theories are all based on the idea that we evolved from cavemen. What made you us know? think and that who we knows could, that that's when we first, true? When we first came out <laughs> the cave, that's right? True. All right. So when we did come out the cave, what made us think that we should eat the animals instead of each other? What made us say let's eat that bird? Let's grab that cow. And the cow they somebody, somebody, they wasn't talking to us. We weren't somebody, communicating the same language. So like, I know somebody. somebody no, I'm talking <laughs> about the first motherfucker that saw this shit and said, "Well, I'm hungry, but how do I eat? how do I catch them eating? Does he starve to death? The first man couldn't have starved to death, couldn't he? Those are equations that will never be answered because I'm a firm believer that a lot of people can tell you a lot, but was you there? If you wasn't there to witness. I wonder, did he physically and grab the cow and try to bite him or take him down or something? I think he was starving. Well, so somewhere he saw the cow there, took off. Come here. Yeah. yeah. That dude. Like people in a village 
and things like that when you look at YouTube or you look at places like I went to Jamaica and I seen yeah. how they cutting the goat head off in the middle of the yard. You know what I mean? You saw that? Yeah. And, you know, and I didn't killed a couple of chickens too myself in the yard and oh, put them in the bucket shit, and put that hot no water on them and skin them. Chickens. Yeah, yeah. all that shit. You know, I'm Nuts. a country city type. <laughs> Smoke weed in the yard and kill a chicken and eat him later on. I don't doubt him though because this nigga don't know how to cook. To cook as good as he is, I'm pretty sure he had some experience. Starting from the start, you know. We'll chop this motherfucker up, goddamn it, and and fricassee him. You know, Daz, right? Let me tell you about this guy. This motherfucker. Let us know. Hey, look, man, this nigga took the goldfish. Out the motherfucking not the gold. goldfish, not uh, the goldfish. I mean, my auntie didn't feed me some, so I took the goldfish out of the. And you ate it. The the, the, the tank you ate and it, I skinned it. But the fact was, I skinned it, so I knew that we got to take the scales off. Of Moondog man, was jumping crazy. Off. They right? was jumping it was the wrestler named Moondog man that ate the goldfish. Right. And then my auntie came in there. I got the whooping of my life. Fuck. Whoop that ass. You done cook Nemo, my nigga. You gonna be cooking Nemo. You can't cook Nemo. Goldfish. It was them big ones, too, though. Them big ones. You know them big ones in there with the big face? Now, now, Mike, can you you ask Daz these deep questions you're giving? Ask him, what on God's green earth made you grab the family's fish? He was high. He was hungry. I was hungry. He was hungry. I was a kid. I was four years old. High and hungry, nigga. Stayed at my auntie's house. She was asleep. She wouldn't get up. So I went in. Yeah, I don't shit. know. You know, you know anything about the, the fucking man being black, nigga? When you don't got no food, you can't get. You don't got shit, nigga. You don't got no fucking right. peanut butter, no jelly, no bread. The fucking refrigerator just fucking water in there, probably. You know what I mean? That's how they if call it that, cannibalism that, back then, too. That's yeah, like, shit, fuck. we ain't got nothing to eat. Ain't nothing to eat right My here. mother was so poor. When she used to get sure. drunk, we'd probably fuck around and starve to death. Oh, wow. So you had to ride it out. Yeah. Man, they don't understand that struggle. I mean, that's real. I was a savage. I never wanted to be that way again. Yeah. I never thought I was going to be successful. There's no way. But you worked hard, though. Yeah. People yeah. tend to lose how hard you got to work. Yeah. I always kept my focus. I never lost fucking um, focus. I was always dead focus for years on what I wanted and stuff. I had I had the same focus until I saw your fight and you hit the nigga and my vision shook and like damn, it's like uh, it's like the the television show through the TV. Right, I felt felt the nigga. It's like when he when he hit him, the nigga was like, and I'm like, oh, I feel it. I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah. oh, oh, it's, it's about to be bang, bow, oh, man, my back hurt, my back hurt, you know what I'm saying, my, my chest hurt something, because, I mean, it's all in what you vision, you know? Yeah. I think so. Side to side, side with one, two, Mike, that, yeah. huh, huh, oh, you know bang, oh, my God, <laughs> nigga, just shake, man. I use that tactic, too, just, and I'm just body motherfucker. And what happened with Kanye? You remember you were in the car, and homeboy fucking called him all these really uh, bad names? And they called the police on me, I went to jail. He did? Yeah. Did he really? Get the yeah. fuck what out. Happened? Stop playing, man. When they called the cops on me, I went to jail. What happened? Because he was like, probably said, hey, that motherfucker smoking weed now. <laughs> oh, they said you were smoking weed yeah. while you were talking? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, but the guy you were in the car with, he was fucking vicious. <laughs> he was being really mean to Kanye. He was vicious. What was he saying? Oh, really, 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 it's really. awful shit. He was really, yeah. <laughs> it was really awful. Really it funny, really though. wasn't nice. It was funny. It was funny, <laughs> It was his instinct, instinct. What do you guys think about Kanye? I, I love think, his music. Yeah? Yeah. I'm think, a producer, so, you know, I think Kanye, you know him, you know what I'm saying? I think Kanye is a very interesting person. Yeah. I fucks with him 100%. I think he's a very interesting person. We're going to get all that Kanye and dad stuff out of there, you know I think he's a good guy, but I yeah. think he, some, some of us just got to be um, fucking, um, what's the word, properly directed. Yeah. And one thing get his about information. It, yeah. One thing about the kid. A lot of people take things for granted, but that kid been through a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, let me say that man been through a lot. You know, his car accident, <clears throat> restructuring his shit. You've been through shit too. His mama passed. What about your shit? That's like me, you know. We all man, been through you shit. Know, I, we've been through hella shit. Shit. What was Suge like? I like Suge. Yeah? 
What do you guys think? Shug was a teacher. You know, he didn't sugarcoat anything. He put you on there. You want to be on the field, he put you on the field. Just give him your best and you can win. Otherwise, you get thrown in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> fuck up and fucked up. Oh, boy. What would be fucking up in that scenario? Stepping on that death row symbol. A stealing. Or not being solid. Yeah. Not being. Uh, or telling other crews what your crews are doing and shit. Ooh, that's so like that, far right? away yeah. getting fucked up. Mm. <laughs> but that's shit. what they do. Running off, with the studio, here, running off with studio time and <sighs> fucking the reels and yeah. shit. Oh, crazy. shit. <laughs> Ooh, niggas don't want to. You know, it's, it's good when people come over, Uncle Mike, but bad niggas don't want that visit. Oh, and the visit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sheesh. Mm-hmm. You know, but to tell you the truth, I mean, the way Suge treated us, he treated us like uh, grooming us into being the best we could be. He gave us our lane, and we just seen a different sugar bear, you dig what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. than everybody else saw. Plus, we stayed solid. And, you know. But you think about a human being, how you going to deal with all that power and stuff? You know what I mean? You never had this kind of power and money before, and all of a sudden you got it. No one taught you how to handle this yeah. stuff. How to conduct yourself with this stuff. Yeah. 600 million. I ain't gonna deal with that. Christ. I don't know, man. Is that what he was worth? Shit, yeah, yeah. He had that much money, 600 million. Whoa. Shit. Yeah. That's, that sounds absurd. I thought, yeah, yeah it was close. Somebody yeah, said it was yeah. close to a billion bucks. Easily. Sure, yeah. Wow, back then, too? Yeah. Sure, had it. What? How about Dr. Dre? He got it, too. Yeah. Right, he got it. Dr. He, Dre was a teacher. He was a teacher yeah. too. Still right. is, you know key. what I'm saying? Dr. Dre was the key. Mm. He's still the key. Yeah. Key to the game. You know, he just he's classic. I don't know how he thinks. Interesting. Yeah, you know, some things. Just believing in Dre meant as believing with sugar. You know, Uncle Mike, some things in life ain't meant to understand. They're meant to live. Because you'll never be able to understand. So when you get around, but why do you think you'll never be able to understand it? Because I you ain't underst- you ain't understood it yet. <laughs> I don't <laughs> you know. know what I'm do you think maybe somebody can come along and be more superior than our thinking is now and in the future and think things out that we couldn't think oh, out? Wow. Yeah, you're right. No, I don't, I don't know. All I know is right now, and that's forty six years, about to be forty seven. I still can't figure it out. That sounds like one of the, I feel what like. What's it you want to know? How? Pretty sure it's the same thing. Everybody else want to know about anything that interesting. How? How? How does he come up with this shit? I mean, I swear to God, man. We make a record, then Dr. Dre will take it. We can go to sleep. When we wake up, it's a different record. How, how did he know to do those things? To put that thing in there? Blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's interesting, too. I can mm-hmm. understand. It's a feel. It's a feel it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? All that, man. Everything has a feel. You wake up in the morning, as soon as you open your eyes, you know how you feel. Do I feel good? Do I feel achy? Do I feel sick? I feel like working out. Do I feel horny? You know? <laughs> I know that's that type right. of shit. God damn it. It's all a feel. <laughs> Could be. It's a feel. Him and Daz and Warren G, they just wake up in music. Tell us about... This is one of my all-time favorite pregame songs, All Eyes on Me. Yeah. You're the lead producer Boom. on that. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, we always had a good relationship with Tupac, you know, all the way from Juice and when we first met him. And he gave us a laser disc with the movie on it. Big-ass laser disc <laughs> back in the big, day. Look like a 72 Big-ass record. Right. But it was, you know what I'm saying, he gave us that... And then we didn't have no motherfucking laser disc. So yeah, nobody did. No laser disc player. Those were the big ones. Yeah, yeah so we had to I go back over to Tupac house to watch the motherfucker. You know what I mean? <laughs> when he stayed in Vintage Beach. And, and you know what I'm saying? And then um, we used to tell Shug, you know, we want Tupac on death row because we was doing songs with him. He was our friend. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it made it happen. And then he got off the plane and... We met up at the studio, and I had just made like five new beats that day too. So ambitious of a writer, I had that two. two of a 
Three. Most of a gangster party. Got my mind made up, and I ain't mad at you. Fuck, bro. That's so When I first came home from prison, right, I played fucking Redman, Time for Some Action. Mm -hmm. And Pac, you know, came and visited me a couple of times in prison, right? And then one day we were sitting down somewhere. I don't know where it was. We were somewhere, and we were sitting down, and he just looked at me, came over to the, Mike, right? Don't ever play them niggas again. Don't ever play them. They don't fucking love you. <laughs> don't play their fucking music. They don't love you, okay? And I never played anybody but him again. Wow. <laughs> wow, dude. It was straight from Pac. Oh, my God. Straight wow. from the horses. Hey, wow. you know what? Some things, man, you know, that's why it's, it's great to meet people because their experience is so epic. Yeah. You know, I've never heard of that before because it was just, it was just, uh, Mike and Pop, that's you know their conversation. You know, and what it's saying? like damn, you know, Pop never ceased to him, man. You know, he, just, hey. he was so he was so you know he was a Gemini. He's a Gemini. You know, I'm a Gemini. We pushing outspoken. that line. Yeah. Hey man, don't ever play that shit again, man. Whatever you do, Listen, but this is this is the thing, right? <laughs> His mentality's like this: we're together, we're gonna kill together, we're gonna die together. That's his mentality. For this is his mentality. We're together. We're family. We're gonna, we're gonna all die together. Mm. Yeah. And and the key was that he lived it. No, real talk. So it made you want to ride even more because it's like you know he don't just say it; he shows it. This is what it is, and you know that's what we're, where we was as the dog pound, and I think that's one of the things that connected mm. us with Pac was our the way we think. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, look, he was very extreme at sometimes. You know, sometimes he got very extreme. Yeah, he would come over to Snoop House. We would learn from Pac, you know what I'm saying? Because he would come over to Snoop House with the outlaws, and they would go out in the basketball court and discipline some motherfuckers right there. Bam! Whooping ass. Are you serious? And then we would all look at each other, and our crew were like, some motherfuckers we know should be getting whooped in too. So <laughs> after they leave and do that, we go out there and. Go discipline some dudes. Man, two at the same time. <laughs> for the basketball, what the fuck were they doing that for? Somebody shit did out something somebody wrong. Something. <laughs> something wrong, man. Did something wrong. Had to be answered to. <laughs> Had to be answered. Pac was somebody, an interesting man. brother, and I love this guy. He was, he, he was no fear. He didn't give a fuck. <laughs> he didn't give two shit. <laughs> Come on. Hey, hey, look, we finna go over here and do this and do that. Come on, nigga. Be like, oh man, who don't want to go? Yeah, that's wrong. Okay. I don't give a fuck. You be like, boop, pop, boop, pop, moving fast, shoot, 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 bam, and you get there. Though. Well, they yeah. love Pac. They love Pac. He loves smoking though, because you know we stayed in the apartment next to him. Yeah, he would always hear. You could hear the elevator come up. He know that's the weed man. I need to go on over there. And <laughs> get mine too. Pac had, had a right. big heart. He kept that. Yeah, they had a big heart. Love to help people. Oh, big time. I mean, he was a leader. He was, uh, and he's so close to me and Daz's age, but he was so far Bro. mentally. Mm. You know, he's seen a lot of stuff. You know, he's seen a lot of stuff. He was in a lot of, he, he should have been using some, what do they do? Um, PSD for some of the, um, PTSD. yeah, he, Pac should have had some of that. That means he should have been medicated yeah, illegally. Yeah, big time. Man, he'd have time to his life right now with this, oh, this big legalized pro- system. No, and he would have his own uh, podcast. What? Pac would have his own podcast. Yeah, but by now he have his own podcast, his weed, probably have his own movie studios. And also be a lot of rappers that's here now, they probably wouldn't have made it. Well, guys... It's been fucking great having you in here. Where are you going from here? Yeah, is there anything? What? Where are you going from here? Yeah, where? What's next? Oh man, history. Yeah, you're I'm right. I'm selling for nothing less. Just making history. Oh man, which means a lot of good, a lot of good work. You got to work hard. I say a I lot say of concentration. Well, and being focus. on the earth, our work is not done. There's always no, something to you're do. Right about that. You know what I'm saying? So I look at it like. I can't stop. I got it's something to do every day, every second, every minute, every hour. That's right. And one of these things, me personally, I learned I learned it from Pac. He made me appreciate being in the studio. He made me appreciate this career I have. I would sit in the studio for a whole day and just 
chill, lay one verse, and then go get something to eat, eat something, fight a bitch over, do this, do that, all the rest of that. And then by nighttime, I might lay my next verse. Man, Pac was knocking down four records a day. Easily. Wank and go, wank and go, wank and go, wank and go. And he's, he would come in the room and be like, hey, nigga, what you doing? You laying down? Nigga, knock down the record. Hey, the studio cost Yes, motherfucker cost him the crap. Get off your ass. Oh, you, right. Matter of fact, let me hear this. Okay. And he inspires you. Next thing you know, that's how we started working. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I can't wait to make this new history up. It's awesome, man. Yes, sir. You can do it, it's brother. Awesome. That's impossible for somebody Absolutely, that tries. Right. Des, how about you, brother? I mean, you know, making history and taking care of the family and, you know, longevity is my word. That's a good word. Good word. It's great longevity. word, man. That's a good word. It's been a real pleasure having you dudes in here, man. We appreciate the love and having no, us in here, Big you, Mike. Man. Thank All you. Time, and good looking, Unc. Nah, this is good. You know, this is family Mike, shit right Mike here, man. Mike raised us, man. Him and this is good stuff, stuff, man. They was chilling. We was young, man. We just see Mike and them, man. What an inspiration, man. We with the champion. And that made us want to be champions. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? That must have been wild for young kids. You know, those guys with all those cars and money and houses. And 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 just to be at the houses with yeah. you guys and that the cars trip, and shit. Right? Like, you know what? This shit what? is real. Like, man, this is real. Because yeah. guess what? Hey, man. I think I'm with the champ. You can't tell me shit. You know, I used to have money, but I didn't know what to do with it, like in 86 and stuff. And then I saw Eddie Murphy house and cars. And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, this is what I want. Mm. I want to do this. I'm going to buy this <laughs> right. mansion. I'm going to get these Rolls Royce, this clothes. This is what I'm doing right you here. Motherfucker, right. And it felt great, didn't it? Oh, incredible, man. Right. Incredible. It was incredible. Earth. How old is Eddie? I don't know. He might, like, he might be 63. Yeah, probably 60. Really? Wow. 58, 60. Yeah. Oh, that's for sure. All right, dudes. We mm-hmm. appreciate you guys, man. Thank you very much, guys. Mike. Appreciate you. Another great episode. Let's get the fuck out of here, man. Yeah, I'm yeah, starving. Man. Let's get some fucking lunch. Here, you know. All right, everybody. Thanks hey. for watching and listening to another episode of Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson. I'm Eben Britton. And I'm Mike Tyson. You guys want the people to know anything about you? Tell us where to find you guys. Where can we find you guys? Yo, hit me up at Daz Dillinger, D-A-Z-D-I-L-L-I-N-G-E-R. Daz Dillinger, nigga. Corrupt, young Gotti. It's corrupt, K-U-R-U-P-T underscore Gotti, G-O-T-T-I. Oh, man, I'm really happy having these guys here. Love it. All good. All right, everybody. Until next time. Let's go get something fucking to eat.